Hi there, I'm Dr. Paula McDonald, and I welcome you to my podcast, Live Today. It's here that together we'll explore the concept of balance as God designed it to be for us, His children. Balance of the mind, the body, and the spirit. And it's what I've named Theosynthesis. And it's here, waiting for you. Hello, everyone. Today is podcast number 76, and the title today is Jesus Saved, Not Shamed. Welcome. Today, I am shifting the narrative a bit as I've been spending a lot of time listening and observing a very disturbing trend among my fellow Christian believers. So this topic may step on a few toes, but I feel like it is imperative to speak into this. So stay with me as I lay this out because I believe you will recognize what I'm talking about and hopefully you'll be able to pray into this dangerous path of righteous anger. So let me set the stage. Many of you have most likely noticed that there has been an anger level that's rising among a group of well-meaning Christians. These are the people who are showing up at town hall meetings, school board meetings, commissioner's court, and they're speaking out loudly on social media. But they're showing up in a way that is angry, bitter, raising their fists along with their voices to condemn anyone who has a different narrative from themselves. And while righteous indignation happened in the Bible, And it does have a time and place, as Jesus demonstrated in the Bible, when he overturned the tables of those who were cheating the people in the temple. It doesn't mean that we as humans get to have that same righteous indignation. So stick with me for a minute as I go into it. And so let's take apart the two words, righteous indignation, and what it means and what it doesn't mean. Well, the word righteous, it's, you know, a person or conduct who is morally right, or justifiable. They're virtuous. And indignation means anger or annoyance provoked by what is perceived as unfair treatment. So going back even to the root word from Latin dingus, it means worthy. It's basically saying you have worthy anger. You have reason to be angry. Having righteous indignation is a morally right person who is angered by what is perceived as something that's unfair. And this could mean the mistreatment of another is a worthy cause to be angry. And so while standing up for biblical truths is fine, there really is a fine line between righteous indignation and a righteous rage. And so here's the difference. So if you're upset about a specific topic that goes against sound biblical principles. Speaking up about the injustice is fine. But where the narrative changes from speaking up into rage and into shaming about this topic, that's what I'm talking about. That's where the narrative shifts. Rage is directed anger projected onto others. Rage uses the tax of shaming, belittling, and hurting others. And when Jesus overturned those tables in the temple, 
He did not shame or belittle anyone to get his point across. Because remember, Jesus was sinless, but he showed this anger, but he didn't sin against anybody when he did that. He actually made his point and then he moved on. So I really want to look at the scripture of this event. It's in Mark eleven fifteen through 17. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of money changers and the benches of those selling doves, and he would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. So, first of all, the important thing to remember when we're talking about righteous indignation is none of us are Jesus. We are not without sin. We are sinful beings. And Jesus preached love and patience and kindness and justice and all of the other fruits of the Spirit. And this one time he showed any anger was very, very rare. But it was a rare exhibit of his anger reserved for the despicable ways the temple was being used to make money in an unscrupulous manner. And The men of God, the priests, were even involved, which made matters worse. And he reserved this outburst to make his point. And then he moved on. He used it as a teachable moment. He did not remain on the pulpit, shouting at the sinners and raising his fists. He simply moved on after he made his point. Where Christians are missing the point is in how they are coming across with their message to others. What we're seeing today are the pitchforks and the torches, and they're trying to burn everything down in their path. Their fists are raised, their harsh words are slamming anyone or shaming anyone in their wake. And it seems to be the method that they're all jumping on to get their point across. And I believe when Christians misuse the example of Jesus's demonstration of righteous indignation for their own cause, they are indeed going down a slippery slope. First and foremost, as I've said before, we are not Jesus. We are flawed and sinful humans. And it's easy for us to scream from the rooftops that we've been wronged or that we believe something needs to be changed. But what is happening is this particular method and body of believers is no longer exhibiting the salvation that Christ extends to all of us. Jesus came to save people, not to shame them. And this is critical. It's so critical to remember whenever you are angry with any situation, there is a right way and a wrong way to get your point across. And secondly, the moment that we become insulting and rude and shameful and flat out disruptive, well, guess what? We are burning bridges to Christ rather than building bridges to Christ. So here's here's just a real life example. An elderly person is abused. Yes, you are rightly justified to be angry. Your anger, however, does not give you the right to go and scream to the system about how they've messed up. Instead, 
a righteous, indignant response is to get to the bottom of the abuse. How did it happen? How do you prevent it from happening again? And when we take the approach with logic and having a cool head about us, then we can do things in a logical, calm manner. So how then do we remain in Christ when we are flat out angry? When something's done, somebody's done something or said something to us, well, how do we deal with that? Well, we head to the Word of God for His instructions. James wrote in 119, Let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. He isn't saying that anger is wrong, and of course we're going to get angry. It's part of our creation package. That's how he made us. But essentially, James is telling us, don't be quick-tempered. Hold off. And then the Apostle Paul told the Ephesians almost the same thing. He said in Ephesians 4.26, Be angry, and yet do not sin, and do not let the sun go down on your anger. Well, Solomon wrote one of the great principles of balanced living in Proverbs 16.32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules in his spirit than he who captures a city. So we are humans of anger, and it's a very real emotion that we're going to deal with for our entire lives. And as one of the developed fruits of the spirit is to remain peaceful. We're to develop that. We can live more peaceful lives when we are able to keep our anger from disrupting our lives and those around us. My friends, how are we going to build bridges to Christ if we are constantly burning them down? If we ever hoped to draw anyone over to Christ's light within us, We have to create a bridge that allows them to want to come to us. A caustic, judgmental, angry spirit will not build that bridge. It's going to simply burn it down. And today might be that day that you take a hard look at your own actions and how do they truly reflect and represent Christ within you. Perhaps in your well-meaning zeal for justice, you have turned from a gentle spirit to one that drives wedges. What are you putting out there on social media? What are your comments saying about you? Are you stirring up anger or are you building bridges to Christ? And these are important questions that each of us must be honest with ourselves to remember that everything that we do and say reflects our Lord and Savior. And I'll leave you with one of my very favorite verses found in 1 Peter 3.15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And so those key words, gentleness and respect. May you go into this day reflecting the love of Christ and that he provides you with his ability to remain grounded in him and to represent him in a way that's not to shame others, not to shake your fist in anger, but to remain resolved in truth covered by his grace. 
Well, I would love for you to visit my website at drpaulamcdonald.com. I have resources there, Bible studies, and so much more for you to dig into. And my second podcast called Exhale Bible Discovery with Dr. Paula McDonald. It's an in-depth, chapter-by-chapter study of the Word of God in a new and fresh approach. I would love and be honored to study God's Word with you. And we can do that together through these podcasts. Well, God created you to live in abundance with Him, so may you fully embrace and live today. Well, hey, on our Ask Dr. Paula topic today is a tough one, talking about anger and how we control our anger even when we have every right to be upset at the injustices in our world. Well, God calls us, His children, to be salt and light in this world, and He is calling us to be different from the world. So I wanted to leave you today with some practical tips as you encounter your anger and how to navigate these feelings while remaining in him. So first of all, you've got to face your anger. What is it that truly is upsetting you? And it's okay to be angry for a while, but it's important to understand where the anger is truly coming from. Are you angry because maybe you're physically tired or you're hungry or hangry, as I like to say it, or maybe you're in pain or hurting, and maybe you're angry because of an emotional hurt. Well, whatever is causing you to feel the anger, it's important that you assess these feelings. And when you can really pinpoint the root cause, then you're much more able to deal effectively with these feelings rather than acting them out. Keeping a journal is a great way to write down what you're feeling. And maybe you can start to pinpoint what it is that really sets you off. Then secondly, you've got to release that anger. It's like a a boiling pot that eventually it's just going to, it's going to blow. And the problem with this one though, is that many people believe in order to release anger, they must act it out. And boy, are we seeing that right now. But unfortunately, when we act out on our hurts, Our anger typically boils over and affects those around us, and they are the ones who receive your fallout. Have you ever gone to a grocery store or the person checking you out? It's just, they're just flat out rude. They're just going through the motions. They don't even smile. They're just rude. And perhaps they've really had a bad day, but their anger should never be your problem. Your anger should never be someone else's problem. And as we mature in our faith as believers, learning to release anger properly is very essential. And there's a great many positive ways in order to do this. Stop and go to God in prayer. Go for a walk. Hit a workout. (laughs) Go and work on a project or gardening, whatever it is, just something to allow yourself time to reflect and rest. And then three is to control your anger. And it's the most difficult one yet. As you remain in Jesus, he will help you with this. He desires for you to stay out of sin and to continue walking with him daily. When you arm up daily by staying prayed up and read up, booted and suited, and when faced with the daily trials that you are going to have, 
you're going to find that you are able to remain in a disciplined response when you are wronged, hurt, or cheated. So no matter what the storms that are swirling about in your life, stay strong, live abundantly, and may you fully live today. Thank you for joining me, friends. My prayer for you is that you would seek to live today and every day in balance and an abundant connection with God.